Pizza? Pizza? Pizza! Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. Great to see you here, Steph Noli and Brooke in the house with you. Who's ready to start the new year, guys? Noli, yeah. Brooke, I'm sure you guys can't wait. Oh, I can't believe it. First can't of all. <laughs> Lots of stuff to do before the New Year's, though, right, guys? Yeah, it yeah. just finishes up so fast. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. It is goodbye 2021. Hello, 2022, and yes, what a year it's been. But what better way to start anew than by decluttering your home, <laughs> reorganizing all of your things, and starting off with a clean slate. God, that sounds so refreshing just saying it. Well, that's where our special guests tonight help us out. Mia Keenan from Tidy Evolution and Kimberly Totori from Spark Joy with Aloha are both experts in the KonMari method developed by Marie Kondo. They found that by controlling the physical items in their immediate surroundings, they're able to create an orderly, calming space that provides them with a sense of safety, reliability, and comfort. Oh, I'm already feeling relaxed and at ease hearing that. Thanks so much, Kimberly and Mia, for coming on the mothership. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, and we are so eager to learn more about the secrets to better organization. I mean, who wouldn't want to know all of those tips and secrets? But first, what led you both to become masters of tidying up? <gasps> Kim, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I honestly never would have thought this would have happened to me. Of course, um, just being an at-home mom, I, I've always wanted to have my own business and I do have an interior design degree and I've had quite a few uh, experiences and jobs kind of skipping around using my degree. And then uh, once I became a mom and I had no control over some people in my life. <laughs> Um, I stumbled across Marie Kondo's book back in 2014 in Costco. And then I was just like, oh, excited. And I read the book. I started implementing it. Uh, I got probably two books. Yes, books. Sorry, I had to think about it. And I made my books all rainbowish and I went through them. And then I stopped. And then fast forward, I believe she had her first Netflix series and I didn't even know about it. I forgot about, you know, my book and, and I kept hearing her name and I was like, what is going on? Why is she like, this is old, you know, from 2014. 
And then I realized she had the show. And then I went ahead and pursued looking up if, oh, I wonder if you can be a consultant. And, and I was put on the newsletter, free newsletter to be informed because New York was sold out. And I got the email that the class was available in June and 20, what is it, Mia, 2019. And I well September. Oh well, our class was in September, but um, in June 2019 is when I got the email from the newsletter that the course is open, and so I immediately called my husband because July is my birthday, and I said I don't want to work. And he and I have to travel, which I never do um, by myself in like a long time, and so that's how it started. I don't know, was that too fast? (laughs) No, not at all. That's um, quite a journey to getting certified. And apparently, I guess it piqued your interest even more after seeing her, um, you know, kind of revive and uh, be on TV and and seeing the recognition. And so it shows that there is a demand out there for her. What about you, Mia? Yeah, so... Um, let's see, my my longest and original or first career is in education. So I've been um, a teacher for many years, a bilingual teacher, Spanish English, um, an interpreter and such. But ever since I was a child, I, um, I, I tended to be organized myself, but it was because my childhood was very um, unpredictable. Like I had, I moved a lot. I had a little, lot of different stepfathers. Like it was just craziness and I was the only child. And so in reflection, I think that that was kind of a coping mechanism that I developed. Like I, I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, with my family or where we were going to live or whatever. Um, but I was able to kind of just control my own little room or my space. Um, but because of that, that I got in that habit, you know, and I kind of continued that throughout my life. And so I was always the one who was like helping a friend organize their closet or, you know, like planning things, even just mental things, like planning out their life for them. Like, this is what you should (laughs) type of thing. This is what you should do. Um, and so a few years back, I was interested in kind of shifting from being a teacher, like leaving the classroom and doing something different. And I did some career exploration and I got all upset because I thought like, oh, we should have been offered more career exploration as teenagers in high school. And like, you know, then when you want a second career, you don't know what to do. And you're like, so I did all the assessments. Like I went to a career coach and like did all these assessments and stuff. Um, And, you know, kind of being orderly and organized was one of those. And a friend of mine who lives in San Francisco, she actually um, was like the practice client for a girl becoming a consultant. And so she was telling me like, oh, we're we're doing all our our categories and everything. And so I thought, huh. And same thing, I put myself on the email list for the trainings and and I said said to myself, if they offer the next one like in London or somewhere really far away, like that's probably, because I was living in California, that's probably not gonna work, you know? But if it's close, what the heck, I'll just go for it. And so, yeah, the next one was in LA and I just did it. I signed up and um, Kimberly, I just realized what's funny is I originally signed up for the weekend that you were at 
in, in LA. But then right after I signed up for that, I realized there was like a conflict, like some family thing I had to do. So I had to email them and change it. So we would have been at the same weekend. So we were like, I was at one weekend and she was at the next weekend. So we actually didn't meet e each other in LA at that training. We connected afterwards. So anyways, that's kind of how I came about to Marie Kondo's method. And, um, you know, you do the whole method in your home before you can work with clients. And so even though I had been tidy in the past, I realized that number one, her method is like really like effective, like the nuts and bolts of it. Number two, it provided me something that I hadn't done on my own, which was like this emotional and sentimental layer to it. And so because I had so many transitions in my past life, um, you know, there's just stuff that you hang on to, like whether it's in your possessions or, you know, like I've moved a million times, I've been married, I've been divorced, like it's just, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it kind of helped me to think about it more in like the sentimental way. Yeah, you know, um, me being on the news, I remember covering, I think she um, had a, a workshop, but I don't think it was done by her. It, it was, was by... Caitlin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it was at Ward, right? It was at yes, Ward. Was at yeah. And that was like the first ever. And then like it had so many people that came there. And, you know, um, Noli and Brooke, I don't know if you guys can speak about the TV show because, I mean, I've seen clips. But what I really noticed um, is, you know, the finished product, everybody her clients or the, the homes that she goes into and does her thing, they're always just so blown away. So it's always really cool to see just their reaction. But Brooke and Noli, what's your understanding of Marie Kondo's method just for our viewers out there? And then we'll get the experts in on this after mm -hmm. you guys kind of give your take. Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard, I've heard of Marie Kondo just through people and her friends who, who kind of like, are into that and I, I love it. I just don't, I didn't have time yet to, to get into it. But like, um, I think Mia was touching upon is that um, there's an emotional aspect to mm -hmm. this, to this um, method. And um, that is interesting. And I hope we can talk about that more. But yeah, it, it I wish I could be organized. I think every, everybody does. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um Brooke, what about you? I know you you've heard of Marie Kondo, and I think you've put yeah, the book. Um, yeah, my my friend Lara gave me the book. I don't remember if I got all the way through it, but I did watch this <laughs> the Netflix series, and I always find it fascinating that whole process. And it and um, Mia hit it on the head. It's 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 that aspect of that sentimental, um, also treating everything by category. I think I did my closet, and it was crazy to bring everything out. And then just put it all together and, and make it's that that's part of the process, right? I think to like visually see everything, you're like, whoa, that's wait, that's a lot. <laughs> and then and then talking to it, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's it works. Like talking, thanking things. <laughs> and if it doesn't spark joy anymore, then you know, it's that whole process, which I think is really effective. That's that's the difference. Um, I watched her TED talk actually, uh, Marie Kondo's TED talk more than once. It, it's a really good one if you haven't watched it um I also I'm just blown away too when she, you know how she speaks and it's if Japanese is her first language obviously but I always am like wow like she's can communicate to everyone I, I find that to really I actually follow her too so I know she has two little mm -hmm. kids but I just find it um inspiring to watch someone just like 
how do you stay that organized? So, I mean, I'd love to talk more about that and get their, um, you know, and Kim's insight on that, especially for people who have kids. And I feel like it's this endless, like <laughs> crazy. Stuff, all, all over the place, stuff, stuff coming in, stuff not leading. It's all yeah. this stuff with kids. Right? That's why I get stuck. <laughs> Yeah. So or Mia and Kim, can you can you guys break it yeah. down for for us for folks who haven't heard of Marie Kondo or not even mm -hmm. familiar with her style and concept and what it's all about? What what are the nuts and bolts or in the basics of the uh, KonMari method? That I don't. I can say so. She she definitely has categories to follow in order, and uh, you don't want to or jump over, you want to just follow the categories. And the reason is you start with the easier categories. And by the time you get to the last category, sentimentals, you've honed your skill on knowing whether something sparks joy or not for you. And you've gotten, you know, after you've gone through clothes and books and papers, you should be familiar with the feeling of knowing when something brings you joy. Um, so when you're in the hard category of sentimentals and photos and letters, it's, it's easier for you to make the decisions as well as, gosh, there's so much we could share, right, Mia? I mean, as well as when you're getting started, her big thing is what do you envision your life to be? And so um, one of the notes I took, number one thing um, is important is to take the time to think on what you really want in your life. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you view your life coming forward, you know, mm -hmm. and what do you really find that is important to you, mm -hmm. means something to you versus going to go Ross's or I'm going to go Target and I'm going to just spend my time shopping mm -hmm. and come home with all of this stuff that really has no meaning. It's mm -hmm. just like, I don't know if it's a habit or it's a pastime, um, but thinking about with intention what mm -hmm. you're bringing home mm -hmm. and really is it part of the big picture? is it getting you to that vision that you really want? Wow, that's really deep. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's, so, it's so crazy because when we graduated, I, I don't, it's, it's stuck with me heavily, but I remember sitting with my certificate in course, in the course, and we just crossed the stage and shook hands. And somewhere one of the mentors said, Welcome to being a counselor. And I went, I don't really, you know, what it's so deep. It's not just decluttering. People will hire you for decluttering to help, mm -hmm. but it's uh it's so deep in personal experiences mm -hmm. that it's much more than decluttering. Mm -hmm. Well, Mia's that, right? nodding, so Mia wants to you can jump the in there. Yeah, here. everyone's yeah, like, please. Yeah, it's true what Kim says. I think um, the main thing that set, well, the, the two main things that set Marie Kondo's method apart from like regular organizing is number one, you do the categories 
You know, instead of just, oh, I'm going to tidy up the corner of my kitchen and then I'm going to go to the bathroom or whatever, you you bring all of your clothing from your whole house and your car. If you have extra clothes in your car, you have to go to your car and get those out too. You know, you, you ideally make sure that all of your laundry is clean. So you have that to compare with, you know, your the rest of your pile. Um, so by category, that's different. And then um, using that litmus test of what sparks joy for you is different because some organizers using different methods might say to you, if you haven't used something for two years, then you don't need it anymore. You know, there might be different rules or some rules like that. So her rule, if you want to call it a rule, which she doesn't, but um, is, does it spark joy for you? And a lot of times it's hard for my clients because they're like, what spark joy? Like that's like vague. So I really break it down. And this is where we really are coaches, you know, like, and I put that disclaimer out there. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a tax professional. Like I make that all clear and I give recommendations for each of those um, needs if they arise. But we are a coach in the sense that we hold space for people and we help them make those decisions and we push them when they need that push, that healthy push, you know? Because people who have trouble with clutters, they, they need to learn how to create those boundaries for themselves. And so they need someone to model that for them first. Um, but the sparking joy is, I'm a very realistic person. So I like to give examples of like, you know, if you just have this blouse or dress that you love, you're going to know what it feels, you're going to know that sparks joy for you because you just love it. But you know, a spoon in the kitchen could also spark joy. It's not going to spark joy because it's pretty or flowery, but it's going to spark joy because it's like the right shape. Like you can scoop the soup the right way, you know, or um, it's, it's not like, it, it's not like hard on your hand when you grab it, you know, so things like that, like there can be utilitarian items that spark joy for you um, because it's, it's useful when you need it. Your raincoat can spark joy for you because you're going to be wet otherwise, mm. you know? So we kind of break it down that way. And then people understand, oh, it doesn't have to be the prettiest thing in the world or my most favorite thing that I use every day in order to quote unquote spark joy. Mm. And then like Kim says, it's really a practice of building that muscle of learning for yourself what sparks joy for you what works for you, what helps you in your life, what you like in your life. And the, the holistic thing about realizing that with your lifestyle vision and her method is that then after you tie your home, it's like this practice, this muscle that you build of like, oh, I don't like that spoon. I do like this kind of spoon. Oh, I don't like that. I, I like this. And even though it's basic items that you're deciding on, it's just like you're practicing. And then when you're done tidying your home, all of a sudden you're like, damn, I don't like my job. That does not spark joy for me, you know? And it has this like ripple effect in your life, right? You're like, that exercise doesn't spark joy for me. Maybe I'll learn something different. Or, you know, those underwear don't spark joy. Like, I don't need to look that way anymore. Like I can be comfortable, you know, just things like that. And so it kind of has this, you gain confidence in yourself. It has this ripple effect and you know, a lot of people find that they do make changes in their lifestyle, it, either small ones or drastic ones. It could be big, like a career change or a, a relationship change, but, or it could be something small, but that is still really meaningful for them. 
you know. So I guess the first step then, I guess, is to to understand which items spark joy, like you said. And once you identify it, what's next? Is it is it like a purging kind of like, is that what you do with the ones that don't fit into that right. category? Is that what happens oh. next? Yeah. Kim, do you want to, do you want to step in? Um, I, when I was going through it myself, it's like, I knew which parts that say clothing, that's the first category. So it's cat, uh, clothing, books, papers, komono, which is everything outside of uh, those first categories and sentimentals is the last. And so um, when I was experiencing the book for the first time, uh, I had a ton of clothes. I used to work at Neiman Marcus. I was the BCBG rep, so I would get all this BCBG clothes. And I was a mom, but I couldn't let go of the clothes because I'm at home now, you know, and these are nice clothes, even though I didn't fit it. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I will fit it. I may need. So it was, it was quite like, it was hard. And I finally just kind of like said, okay, I'm just going to follow the book. And I bit the bullet and I just went through my clothes. I, I think I took a picture once and I'd love to find that picture in my computer, but I just went through my clothes as quick as I could. Like I knew I, I kind of tried to make it as fast as I could um and not him and haw over it and if i did have like a few him and haws it's like okay separate maybe pile go through everything again and then go back to maybe pile and then truly decide um that's that's the best i could yeah so it, it's a process but um in general i mean the the nuts and bolts of the process is you start with your pile, whatever category, um, you always subcategorize and that's helpful. So if you have many, many clothes, then you make a pile of your tops, your pants, your shorts, you know, and then in each little subcategory, you go through. And if you know right away, you know, you just make a discard pile, a keep pile. If you need to make a maybe pile, that's fine. But then you should still decide like that same day, like don't leave it for a long time. And, um, then once you have what you're keeping, you set that on your bed or side or whatever, what you're discarding, you want to move like towards your front door. Like you might not take it to donation right that minute, but just get it out of the space so that you're not tempted to like pull things back in, you know, like, oh, maybe I will wear that one thing again. Um, and then your discards are set aside and then you pay attention to how you want to put things back. And that's when, um, you notice if something needs to change in your closet, like structurally, like maybe you don't have enough hangers or the right kind, or maybe you need a different container, those kinds of things. So when I work with clients, I don't show up with containers first, right? Which is a little different because first we do the sorting, the purging, and then we see what's left. And once we see what's left, we see if there are appropriate homes for the items in their home, if they have the right containers. And I don't, this process isn't about spending like money on fancy containers. I mean, you can, I say to all my clients, if you have a certain aesthetic you're looking for, great, we'll shop for that. If you wanna use shoe boxes, cause that's free, great, we'll do that. So that's a personal preference. Um, and once you find homes and make a list, if you need to purchase a few items, then that's kind of set. Um, and then you move on to your next category, but it, it, it can be a long process because 
it's the big category, each of the five, and then you subcategorize and, you know, with things like crafts or tools, you're sub subcategorizing. So I say stay calm and subcategorize. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the motto. Mm. Had, uh, that I've had clients who have decluttered and then they're like, oh, well, I'll put this in this pile and I will give it to my sister. And I believe Marie Kondo does talk about this with her sister in the book, but I'll give this to my sister. And what happens is the person doesn't really make that true 100% decision to either mm -hmm. donate it, keep it, or discard it. What they're doing is they're putting the burden, should I say, onto their friend or their sister. Mm -hmm. And that may not be like their sister's style. And then their sister may feel like, oh, I, I must keep this now. Just like gifts, I've, I've had uh, a teacher as a, um, a client. Uh, do you know how many you're the best teacher cups we had? And um, so when you're buying for your teachers to try to be a little more creative. <laughs> um, so it's, it's hard because you're really like letting go of things and you truly should let go. And, and if you do want to share it with say family or friends, let them choose. Don't say here, I'm giving this to you. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to let go. If you see anything <clears throat> that is, you know, sparking joy for you, you can have it. But uh, putting it onto somebody is also not the right answer. It's about being mindful. And so I think, Kim, that's what you're speaking to, right? The mindfulness of, yeah. of how you're deciding. Yeah. Can I share too? So when I did the clothes was the only category I've done so far, but I, we pulled everything out and I took that and it was a good opportunity to just vacuum and clean out the closet. That felt good in itself because heavens is, hasn't, it hasn't been since we moved into it. Right. So that, but then um, you're right that you have to get the things that are like goodwill or donation, like as close to the door or in the car already, because I know for me, if you're tied and, and you're saying thank you to it, and you still don't get it out of the house for me I know I'm going to be like oh shoot that was like it fits so good and it's such a good deal or it was from so-and-so's wedding um right so that's that, that whole thing so getting it close that helped me to the door or just getting it out and then the things that were either with tags for some reason or not even are really really good a bunch of girlfriends um we everyone just brings as a clothes swap and then not to just give it to everyone, but we bring it to someone's house and we put it by sizes, small, medium, large, extra large. Everyone comes with a poo-poo and a drink and to share. And you can just, if you like anything, you can take it because there's so many things with tags that are not really donation ready. And then everything that's left, and I swear there was like 30 huge trash bags still at the end. We bundle it all up, trash bag it, and the person who hosted gets to use it as her tax credit um, for hosting it. So that was really helpful because we didn't like give it to someone to just say, here, dumping all of the clothes, but it was a way to just, um, then you get to come home with a few pieces and it's still brand new and feel like you didn't have to even shop for it. Um, but that was a nice kind of like twist that we tried to do with the mm -hmm. timing, timing it with the cleaning of the closet. So that was, that was helpful. Um, I love that. And then one last thing, I think, correct me if this is not Marie Kondo, but it's, it was like when you're putting everything back, uh, trying to think of it from the piece of 
clothing's perspective. So like, how should it live in the closet? So it's not like crumpled and shoved in the drawer. Is that her? Um, yeah. Right. And it's a different way to think of it, right? Yeah. yeah just, she, if you want to shove it all in, is that the way you yeah. want it to exist? Right. She talks a That's lot about respecting objects, like respecting inanimate objects, which I think is a new con a different concept for a lot of people. So that's yeah, that one really stuck with me. Even just how you stack shirts in a in a drawer is not this way, putting it th like mm -hmm. lining them up vertically so you can see all of them and not just if you if it's shoved in there, that means there's maybe too much or maybe you need another drawer because that's not a really nice way to treat your belongings. Mm -hmm. vertically and um kind of like a candy box so from light colors oh in the front to the to the blacks in the back um but that's been a challenge for some of my clients that well that's like advanced advanced kanmari <laughs> that one stuck with me because it made me think differently like oh yeah that's not nice to let it exist like that and mm. socks uh how socks mm -hmm do so much for your feet and mm -hmm. then as soon as you're well I I used to do this I would ball it up mm -hmm. and whoop, throw it yep. in a spot you know for my kids and yes. you know it's just like convenient they stay together they don't get lost but in actuality you are stretching the fabric which then you're not letting your socks take a break or a rest from being on your feet and then wow. they just get stretched out and they <laughs> fall to your ankles that's exactly how Marie describes it, like her love for the socks. Wow. <laughs> hey, do you guys have any tips for the listeners out there who are parents and they are fretting over the um, never-ending piles of laundry and sometimes it just gets too much and, you know, everything quickly gets out of order so fast. Any organization tips that could help with that type of lifestyle? Yes. Um, Kim, do you, I do, but Kim, do you want to speak first? I'll do, I, I started at a young age with our boys, at least separating their laundry. This is mm -hmm. pre KonMari. Yep. So, Hey, they know their colors in school. You can get three baskets or, you know, one whole basket and let them separate. I buy what, and I have taught my boys how to wash their clothes. They're not quite Marie Kondo folding yet. Um, they just like, oh, <laughs> but you can at least get your kids to separate the whites, the colors and the darks. And then when they get that down, that's fun. You know, they can, they learn their colors so young. And then when they get that down, I tell them, okay, go put it in the washer. You know, it's, it's small baby steps, but it's instilled long-term. And Mia is like an awesome teacher and she made this cool, I don't know, graphic. And so she's really good with teaching the little ones. Ah, the Kiki. So yeah, I work with a lot of families and I work um, holistically with the family. And then sometimes also uh, treating each child as a client, depending on what the family wants. So for example, if, if the family is like, we've struggled with years for clutter, uh, we want to change this dynamic for the long run, then what I recommend is uh, one parent or the parents starting the process for themselves, at least like getting through their clothes for themselves to kind of model that. And then 
the whole family can kind of tag team, like maybe one week each person does their clothing and they all kind of check in about it and make sure it's done. Or if I'm coming in as a guide, then I tag team. Um, when I work with children, so I work with children like age five and up, and you'd be surprised how, um, how well they can do the method and how much they love it. And so um, I, I will either tag team with all family members or I'll work just with one child for like a few hours depending on their attention span in their room and we'll go through all the categories. We'll start with their clothing, their books, you know, their papers. It'll be their little art drawings and stuff, you know. Um, and it teaches them to be mindful and pay attention to their possessions. And so it's that's the greater thing I love about working with children is that it starts this generational shift in how we um, interact with consumerism, with scarcity mindset, with abundance, with like these really big concepts, right? That are, that come from our past and, and by no fault of our parents or our grandparents or anyone, like there's no shame involved at all with if you have a clutter problem or not. Like that's not where we come from as consultants. It's just, we all have these different paths through our family lineage and different influences and society also tells us that to, in order to be happy, we have to have things, you know, like that's the basis of advertising. So holistically, if a family really wants to change, then that's what I suggest, like modeling and then working with the kids. Day-to-day, -day, just more like quick fixes. Um, you have to have an entry station that is organized for a family. Like that's like, you absolutely have to. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that means when you come home, whatever space you have, whether it's partly outside or inside, you know, in Hawaii or warm climates, it can be a little bit more outside if that's where you're keeping your slippers or your shoes or whatever, but a place for kids and, and trained, you know? So if they're young, I do a poster for them with visuals. Um, very kin Think kindergarten classroom. You come home, you hang your coats, you put your backpack, you put your shoes for all family members, right? And so that is essential for families. That prevents the backpacks and the schoolwork and the sweatshirts from being like strewn throughout the house type of thing. So that's essential. Um, and then, you know, obviously also having good structure like in their rooms or their play areas, like making sure it doesn't have to look perfect, but making sure there are different bins so that when you are teaching them to put things away, they have somewhere to put their things. And you can label stuff, it doesn't have to be fancy. You can put a sticky note, you can put tape with a Sharpie, you know, you can get fancy label maker, anything. They can make their own little label. They love that. So any type of structure you can provide that is this is where it goes, this is the, the picture of what goes in there if they're too young to read mm -hmm. or the picture and the word, you know, but that's what goes in there. And then as a family for that quick fix or whatever, um, making sure that you reset. So you, you might have 10 minutes to reset things every night. It might be every few days. If you're really busy, it could be on the weekend, but get in the habit of having a routine of a reset, right? When everything goes back to their, their places. So that's, that's what I recommend for general and for families. And I have like um, three kind of very brief tips that are more for adults too. So I love those tips. Um, you know, my kids are, are on the younger side. And what I found with younger kids is they don't really have an attachment, you know, as much as I thought that they would, um, you know, they have piles and piles of toys 
And when we asked them, okay, you know, choose the ones that you want to give away or donate, they just simply walked over to the pile and then they like took, you know, how many we told them to choose and they didn't really have an attachment. So I, I guess we get that attachment, the older that we get, or that, that's like an adult thing. I don't know. But with kids, I found that it was easy. And I, I really like that tip about the signs and putting a visual as a reminder because kids like that and they, they need that, right? They need that. And then, then they'll remember it as the days go on and as time goes on and it'll become, you know, just routine. So and they probably, they probably could have chosen more than the number that you gave them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then it's also a matter of respecting the family members decisions. <laughs> so if your child decides to get rid of something that you're attached to, not making any comments and accepting their decision. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because mm. Kim, looking the other way, as parents, we look to our kids, but also as adults, we look to our parents who, I guess it's cultural, whatever, like, like, like stuff was saying, the older you get, right? So is it a good idea to suggest a helping hand with our older generations who we know would benefit from this, but they're not ready for this? Is this something that they should even, you know, you guys work with, or is that not a good idea if they're not, like you said, starting the process for yourself, if they don't want to do it, but we, you know, see it could benefit them. It, it does have to come from your, their heart. They have to be willing to tackle it and take it on versus you know, uh, I don't know Mia in your in your weekend, but they spoke about how some people have done exactly that. Oh, can I get a gift card or whatever? I, I know exactly who needs this, but maybe the person they're thinking of is not in that frame of mind and is not interested. Mm -hmm. So that is true. I agree. However, there are ways, there are ways. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, and I'm not a pushy person at all. I totally agree with, with, you know, what Kim remembered. Um, but I do have several clients who the, the person who has contacted me has been the adult child of parents or the adult, um, like child-in-law, like daughter-in-law or son-in-law of parents. Um, and the way we approach that is, you know, I just kind of have the consultation with the adult child and I say to them, you know, just kind of have a little chat with your mother-in-law or whoever it is and say, hey, I'd, I'd really love to, if you're feeling overwhelmed with all of the things and, you know, I know you might, you guys might have to like downsize at some point, or even though it's not going to happen this year, like, you know, there might have to be some moving happen in the next five years or just, you know, make it kind of vague. Um, I'd love to start thinking about that. Or can, can I help you just like, you know, start with this one corner and then, um, and I'm going to have this person like help us out one day. And I just kind of show up and we talk about it. And then, Older generation can be very hesitant at first. And obviously they, they're more guarded about, oh, do I really need someone to help me do this? You know, And then there's a lot of more complicated things that I mentioned earlier, like what their backgrounds are. Um, if, if, if people are immigrants to the US from a different country or to you know one country from a poorer country, 
um, they're going to have a lot more attachment to needing to keep things because they come from survival, survival needs, right? And so they, they, those are people who um, had to keep everything all the time because they started off with nothing. So that's, you just kind of see where people are at, you know, and um, just, it's all based on a personal connection. You make that personal connection, that respectful connection, and you just offer your help. And, and if they want to do it themselves, you just kind of give them a little tips and then, you know, so it just, it just depends. It's, yeah. That's great information. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. It, it made me think of my grandma who used to keep like all the empty tofu containers and stack it for you need it for later and the kuwait because plantation time you really didn't have anything do you do you guys ever come across folks who maybe it was a traumatic experience or something that happened or loss of someone that causes them to hold on to things too do you guys come across of that across that and is there a way to help in a safe way or is there like a, a, a threshold in which it's like that's the you know, there's a tra trauma level type that really needs to be addressed first. And then do you guys want to come across that at all? So loss of uh, a family member? Yeah. I, I haven't um, had any clients in that situation yet. But it's because of those situations that could come up is the reason why I I also pursued life coaching to add to the service because um, to prepare for that mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty much every client I've had has a, a, a certain amount of sentimental um, items from, from either grandparents or parents that have passed away. And it's just a varying degree. So some people are ready to talk about them and pull them out and address them. And some people aren't. And so you just have to take more time, you know, depending. And then as, as the consultants that we are, no limits. Like for example, we, well, we are not, I am not um, like credentialed to work with hoarders, right? So that's like a separate, um, it's a mental health illness. And so that needs to be treated as such. Um, and so I state that. And then I am not a therapist or a mental health professional. And so um, when I sense that there's something that needs more support, you know, then I would just kindly suggest like, oh, maybe mm -hmm. do you want to uh, sort these things later? Like it, we can come back to it in a month and, um, do you think it would be helpful to just talk to someone about it first? You know, just very casually. That's kind yeah. of, but I think it's important for us to know our limitations, right? Because we also want um, the person to receive the right kind of support mm -hmm. from, yeah. So, you know, we went over a lot of different techniques and, um, you know, approaches for folks, uh, you know, all of us live busy lives. Why is it so important to start now and stop putting it off? If you guys both could briefly say why. Well, should I go, Mia? Yeah, I'm just like, you're like the first lady. You're just going first every time. <laughs> At some point in your life, you know, our season comes and things change, our health changes, and you either are going to leave all this stuff 
for somebody to have to go through it. And if they're busy in their life, um, that's hard. Or you can be in control mm -hmm. and go through your things and leave just the quality things for your friends or your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a couple other books that caught my eye and uh, there's a Swedish book and it has a Swedish word or name and it, it actually means to um, prepare for death. And it's also decluttering, but kind of dis you know, dark and dismal, but it talks about um, going through your things so that your family and friends don't have to. Yeah. And so you also open up so much um, more opportunity, I think, comes your way and you open up your time when these areas are taken care of. So you're not stressed about it. Mm. You can go pursue other things in your life mm -hmm. that you really want to get to. So mm -hmm. that would be another. <laughs> There's so many. Um, That's the ripple effect. Yeah. I wanted to just touch on what Mia had said about hoarders. Um, last week I did have to have the battery changed in my car, my van, my mom van. And, um, there's an older gentleman who helped me with the battery. And he told me, you keep this receipt. Okay. And you keep this receipt in your glove compartment, because if you put it in your house, it's going to get lost. <laughs> and so I had to bring the old battery back for this credit. And when I did, I brought him my card and I said, um, and I brought him my card because to me, that was him actually, I feel telling me his situation <laughs> of what his home is like. <laughs> and so I brought my card and I said, I help people declutter. He's older. And he says, oh, so you help hoarders? And I said, well, I don't really help hoarders. Um, that's a, another level of assistance that the, the people need. And he said, okay. And um, I left and I thought to myself, you know, the term hoarders, I think it's thrown around so much because of those hoarder, hoarder shows that everybody kind of got into at one point that now if you have a lot of stuff, people just kind of joke, oh, you're a hoarder. Mm -hmm or they throw that term around a lot. So I called the gentleman back and I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I think I should clarify something. If, if you have a lot of stuff, it's not necessarily a hoarder. You're not, or it's not necessarily hoarding. But if you have say pet feces and rotten food everywhere where it's unsanitary, then I can't work in that kind of environment. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted that older gentleman in case he was ever interested to not feel that he's a hoarder if he's really not. Mm. So uh, I think yep. that's another way of telling if you either have just a lot of stuff, you're not necessarily a hoarder. Yeah. Yeah. And most people who have clutter is problems that they just have a lot of stuff, you know, it's just, a lot. 
It's so it's it, that there's nothing shameful about that. And we all have our big rocks in our life, right? Like we all have each one of us usually has like a, something that's hard for us in our life and it may be different from person to person. And so um, someone can be just so successful and amazing in all of the ways and they can still have a clutter problem, you know? So it, it doesn't mean that they're like a bad person or not an intelligent person, like, yeah, so. And you had asked about why to start right now, right, Stephanie? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot more, and this is a whole other conversation, but it's about how the visual clutter in our space affects our, our mind, right? Our anxiety, our stress, and um, our mindset. And so that is a reason to start now. And um, I have three tips and one of those relates to that. So it, can I share that really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one that relates to that is if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed when you walk into your home or room, you can't find something, you're finding like your eyes don't know where to like look, you know what I mean? Um that that's usually because there's a lot of piles or visual clutter and you just can't focus on on what you need to do or why you're standing there. Um, so a, a quick thing, a helpful thing, I call it um, a site for sore eyes, like S-I-T-E, like a little place for sore eyes. And this is something you can do even if you plan on decluttering a regular way or with Kamari, you can do this in five minutes now or tomorrow morning, and then you can keep continuing. And what it is, is if you work from home or at your office, wherever you are most of the day, um, just choose a little spot, you know, like the top shelf of a bookcase or maybe a corner of your desk or something, commit to removing all of like the paperwork, all of the clutter from there and just say, okay, these two feet or whatever, I'm gonna keep it clear of stuff. I'm never gonna put my things on there and then choose what you do want to look at there. So it's, it's a refreshing site for your eyes, right? And so it could be a photograph or a little plant or anything, but something that you're not gonna keep moving day by day, something that you like to look at enough that can stay there for you know a few weeks or a month at a time or whatever. Um, and when you're feeling stressed out, you're like, okay, that's my one spot I committed to. I'm just gonna return to look at that. And it's just one little reprieve. So, so that's number one, site for sore eyes. And then in terms of the home, your home, um, when you get home, whether you're an adult or a child, unpack your bag every day when you get home. So that's, you know, a backpack for a child from school or your work bag or even your gym bag, whatever. Because otherwise a lot of people, um, they just kind of leave it. And then the, the next day they have to use the same bag, but they haven't unpacked it or they get a different bag. Eventually there's four bags in the car. This is a mom thing, right? There's four or five like like shop reusable shopping bags in the car and each one has like half a sandwich and like a, a few water bottles and like a wet sweatshirt that your kid like dragged around in the park, right? So you end up with all of these random bags full of stuff and it's just a nightmare. So those five minutes, unpack your bags, right? When you get home, if you get home and you're like, gotta start dinner, all that, okay, that's fine. Just leave it at your entrance place, wherever your station is, but make sure you do it before going to bed. Like if you do it at 9 p.m., fine, but don't keep letting it snowball day to day. So yeah, the site for sorry, the bag, and then what Kim was saying about clothing earlier is just separate your clothes. So even if the rest of your closet is you know, like a mess or whatever, once your clothes are clean, out of the dryer or if you're hanging them in the sun or whatever, have them at least set, even if they're not folded, but like in categories. 
And even if you're still a really messy person, you could have literally like three cardboard boxes, like my pants in one cardboard box, my tops in another one, like my underwear, and like anything, just anything to keep them separate. So that when you're stressed, you have to get dressed to go to work, you know where to find the thing you have to wear, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're not wasting 10 minutes I mean, on the mainland, we wear socks a lot, right? So, and this has happened to me when I was teaching full-time and commuting, like, even though I was organized, if I couldn't deal with my lawn, my clean laundry, I literally was wasting five minutes, like hunting and pecking for matching socks. <laughs> so those are the tips. I those are great like tips. Yeah. I'm having so much fun. I feel like we're running out of time. Yeah, I'm done. We are, but um, those are really great tips. And you know what? Um, you guys have shared a wealth of knowledge and it's really beneficial already and, and so many great strategies and approaches. But I think the number one thing is to take baby steps and you know not be intimidated. And there is a method to the madness. <laughs> so, you know, and thanks so much, Mia and uh, Kimberly for walking us through it all. And uh, you know, a lot to think about, but in the end, taking care of the clutter and the mess is really such a relief and, and it does a lot of wonders and it alleviates the stress. And I know as a lot of parents can tell you, you know, the last thing you need is to just be like racing out the door and you're late, like you just mentioned and having more stress. I mean, you want to remove all the the bad karma or whatever, those items that are not sparking joy from your life to make way for a new life. So I, I really, really love that philosophy that you folks shared about that. And I know Brooke and Noli were looking forward to this just as much as I was, right guys? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and the tips you provided. And we all need this in our lives. Yeah. And I, it's funny. And I feel like you, um, when, um, when Mia was saying like, you're watching our morning and we're like flipping through the laundry basket to get the socks and then you find it and it doesn't match and you're like oh but so totally resonates with me also the when i just looking at it makes sense that if you clean up your space and your spaces that it helps with your mind because it all matters and i love that you both have holistic approaches um, because it really is the deeper type of method um, so that's very motivated again to go back and start do the clothes again and do the kids clothes first but um it's a good season to do that as well so i really appreciate um all the tips and strategies and how do our listeners um find out more do you guys have websites or how can they i yeah i have um tidyevolution.com and at tidyevolution on instagram and facebook um and on my website i have um you know, I have like a subscribe, I just do a monthly, monthly little newsletter. And then right now, I think I have like a clutter free gifting guide thing that you can access. Um, so yeah, just tidy evolution. I have what you can spark joy with aloha.com. And um, because I just on October 15th, got my life coaching certification to kind of go side by side. Through Jay Shetty. I don't know if anyone knows Jay Shetty. Mm -hmm. but, um, oh, yeah. I follow him. It's, I think I'm the first here on island that is um, certified by him, but there's a, a couple who live off the island. So um, I'm really excited. And I'm, but I'm in the middle of transitioning all this 
new certification together on my website and my Instagram is also spark joy with Aloha. And so, and um, it may just change to my name, Kim Tatori. So I'm a little in limbo there, but that's how you can find, find me. Oh, right on. I wanted to share one more thing though, um, because there's this question that a lot of clients will ask and another consultant shared this formula with me. And it's, it's amazing because the customers will say, you know, how, how fast can I declutter and how much is this going to cost? You know, um, because the first Netflix series, it was a little deceiving. They, you know, um, made it seem that the decluttering was done quite quick when actually it took months. So um, another sister consultant had shared this formula um, because the question is a great question. How fast can we get this done? And the cost of this by you helping me. And there's no easy answer to that. But if you take A times B minus C equals X, a is the quantity of items in your home times B, the time it takes you to make decisions <laughs> minus C, which is the amount of work you are willing to do in between our sessions. So homework, a little bit of homework on your own equals how long it's going to take and what it will cost you. So, um, I loved that. I had to share that. So, um, cause it helps people to like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Great, great tips. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that we had you guys on Mia, uh, and Kim con Mari experts. And, you know, I think to maybe motivate others, if you guys want to do it together or just have a friend challenge or like a, a tidy up party. I think I read it on one of your guys's um, websites, have a tidy up party. That that's, that's fun to motivate each other. Yeah. But thank you so much, Mia and yeah, Mia and Kim. Thank you so much for joining us on mothership and uh, let's, let's take it one step at a time. Start today or tomorrow, get your friends involved, get the family involved, get your kids involved. I really like that part. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. And we'll see you on another episode of Mothership next week. Signing up for now, but till then, stay cool, stay safe, and take care of each other, everybody. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yes.